Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. They have some of the most delicious health and protein bars available on the market. Make sure you check out BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Once again, $10 off your first order with promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com, but we have some rule changes to get into, or at least some potential rule changes. Next week, the NFL owners will be voting on three potential rule changes, and one of those is a rule, a loophole at least, that the Titans were able to take advantage of with the spotlight shining brightest in the playoffs, so I'll explain that to you guys and the other rule changes that are on the table, and then we will hear directly from some Titans. We will check in with some of the key players on the Titans roster. It's obviously been a strange offseason so far. We would be hearing a lot more from the players if they were actually in the building, so I want to make sure to take this opportunity and get an offseason update from Jeffrey Simmons about his knee, about his training, and then A.J. Brown. What is he working on? How is he looking to get better? So we will spend the next two segments hearing directly from those guys. We are going to push the Friday mailbag to next week. Only got a couple of questions, so I'll let those build up a little bit more for a big Friday mailbag next week, but I also wanted to make sure that you guys got these updates directly from the players responsible for their own growth. So I think there is some good stuff in here. Excited to bring those conversations to you guys. So we got to talk about the potential rule changes. We got to hear from Jeffrey Simmons and AJ Brown about their offseason training so far. Excited to get into that with you guys. Make sure that you are locked into the Locked on Titans podcast by subscribing on whatever platform you stream. Next week, I'm going to start doing our deep dives into John Robinson's draft classes from his first four years as the general manager. Time to go back and properly evaluate some of the work that he has done. So I'm going to be kicking off that series next week. Make sure that you guys are subscribed and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans for more content. I have my video breakdowns from our Tic Tac Titans film breakdowns still up from Isaiah Wilson to Darrington Evans. So make sure you guys check those out. But enough house cleaning. We got that out of the way. It is Friday. Time to dive into an awesome Friday episode talking rule changes, talking A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons in the offseason. Let's get it. On May the 28th, NFL owners will vote on potential rule changes that could have a major impact on the 2020 regular season. The first of the three is a loophole that was exploited by Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Rabel en route to their victory over the New England Patriots in the playoffs. But Rabel wasn't the only head coach to take advantage of this loophole. Earlier in the season, Bell Belichick was the first of the head coaches in the NFL to put a spotlight on this loophole when he was able to waste valuable game time by committing dead ball fouls with a running clock. Flash forward to the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs against the Patriots when Mike Vrabel used that loophole against Bell Belichick. What he was able to do late in the game when the Titans were looking to punt 
is commit dead ball penalties while the clock was running. For example, the clock is running in the fourth quarter and the Titans would intentionally false start on the punt. What that would do is once the penalty is enforced, the game clock would then start running again because it was a dead ball foul committed while the clock was running. Therefore, the Titans took multiple penalties in a row and were able to waste multiple minutes of the game without actually running a play. Clearly, this is a loophole that should be closed. Bill Belichick was the first to use it. Mike Vrabel gave him a taste of his own medicine in the playoffs, and now it appears that NFL owners will close that loophole to not allow this to take place. Secondly, the owners will look to add an eighth game official to each crew around the league that would work out of the booth and be called the sky judge. What this official's responsibility would be is to assist with replay-related matters, whether that be speeding up replays and keeping replays as efficient as possible, or just accuracy, helping the officials on the field who didn't have as good of a view of the replay as the official in the booth, helping them with making the correct calls. It seems like the NFL does have the finances to make this change and add another official to the game crew and it would also make sense from a television product as the accuracy of the officials is of the utmost importance to the TV audience. Finally, the last rule change that NFL owners are considering is an alternative to the onside kick rule. So at this moment in time, onside kicks are as unsuccessful as they have ever been due to recent changes to kickoff rules. Now the kickoff team isn't allowed to get a running start. The distance between the kickoff team and the kickoff return team has been changed as well. And these changes have caused the onside kick to basically become irrelevant. But the onside kick is a major part of the game and allows teams to at least have the opportunity or the hope that a comeback could be achieved. And the NFL wishes to change this lack of hope and this circumstance due to the kickoff rules. And what they will look to do is add a one-down situation for the team kicking off the ball. So imagine a team just scored a touchdown, but they would, in theory, like to do an onside kick. Instead, what they would do is they would have one down, a fourth and 15 from their own 25-yard line. If they are successful, then let's say they get a 15-yard completion to the 40-yard line, they would retain the ball at that spot and go on with a normal drive as you would typically see them. If they are unsuccessful and the other team, the defense, is the kickoff return team in this circumstance, is able to prevent them from getting that first down on fourth and 15, well then the opposing team, the defense, would just take over possession like they recovered the onside kick just to keep the analogy going. Now there are different stipulations to how this rule would work because obviously there are some flaws in the system here, but some of the additional rules and circumstances that go that would go along with the general premise is a team could only do this two times max. Also, one thing to consider is a regular onside kick is still allowed and unlimited. There was some speculation that there would be additional rules like the team doing this onside kick alternative must be trailing, but at this time, based on the proposed rule, that is not included. We will see on May 28 which of these three rules, whether all of them, some, or none, are added to the 2020 rulebook.
It's funny, on the podcast we had a few months ago where I talked about rule changes that I would like to see, the onside kick rule, that's exactly what I said, that I would like to see a a one-down situation, you know, take whatever the probability of getting an onside kick with the old rules is and compare that to the probability of a 4th and 15, 4th and 17, 4th and 20, whatever it be, Um, and I'm really glad that they're taking a look at this rule. I think it would add a lot of drama to late game situations and obviously the onside kick is basically dead unless you're doing it as a surprise and a normal kickoff situation so to me it makes all the sense in the world to add this rule I don't see why they didn't already have a booth official it seems like that's an easy change to make that would really help out the guys on the field and uh, I think loopholes like what the Titans and the Patriots were doing last year uh, while they're fun to see take place it was nice seeing the Patriots get a taste of their own medicine stuff like that needs to be taken out of the game it's not quite right so we will see what happens on the 28th and of course I will make sure to break it all down for you guys so you know what is coming next. Before we jump into hearing from some of the Titans' biggest stars and how their off-seasons have been going, I do want to remind you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar has some of the best-tasting health and protein bars on the market. I've told you guys about some of my favorite flavors, the chocolate orange, the salted chocolate caramel, uh, the peanut butter chocolate, the peanut butter brownie, are some fantastic ones as well. The bars taste great. It's like you're eating a candy bar of some kind. They have 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate and nut flavors, 8 chocolate and nut-free flavors for any of you guys with any kind of nut-related allergy. The bars are covered in 100% real chocolates. None of that processed stuff that you're used to and you can tell upon your first bite they are soft and easy to chew unlike most protein or health bars that are dry or crumbly and get crumbs all over the place Uh, they're healthy too though it's not just the taste which I spend a lot of time on they're great for anybody who's health conscious they can help you lose or maintain weight all kind of, while it feels like you're eating a treat, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, high fiber. I always give this example, it's a perfect one, the peanut butter brownie if you need to get a, a morning health bar in or something before a workout, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. If you need a guilt-free snack after dinner or dessert, the mint brownie, 15 grams protein, 110 calories, 4 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs, just perfect for any situation. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. you'll get $10 off your first order. Once again, promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Let's kick off our sounds of the Titans by getting an update from defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. So a very interesting update, in my opinion, based on the knee injury that he played through last year coming off the ACL, dealing with a knee brace, all those different things. So he talks a lot about that. Wanted to make sure to give you guys that update, give you the highlights of his conference call with media from the Titans. So of course, this audio is courtesy of Tennessee. TennesseeTitans.com. First, Jeffrey talks about his knee, gives us a health update, and also makes a comment on his knee brace. Well, um, starting with the brace, I haven't even wore the brace not one time. You know, I don't, honestly, I don't even know where it's at. You know, I just put it up somewhere. Honestly, like I said, I forgot where it's at. But, you know, right now, I'm just, like I said, I'm, 
I'm just working extremely hard, you know, to get my need and keep continue to have my knee feeling good, you know. But like I said, it's off season. I am not working out with my brace. You know, I haven't did a drill with my brace yet this off season. And like I said, um, it's coming up season. I continue. Um, I said it right before we um, left for this off season. I said um, my goal is to not play with the knee brace on this year, and you know, been um, working out with it without it. And like I said, that's the plan to keep, you know, um, practicing and playing without it. So. I mean, honestly, I'm just continuing to work hard to get my knee in the best uh, possible shape that I can for the upcoming season. And like I said, it just, like I've been feeling pretty good. My knee's been feeling good. And like I said, I'm working out. I'm on a, still on the plan, you know, to get my knee stronger and better for this upcoming season. Like I said, I'm feeling great right now. So um, hopefully, you know, and I pray that everything stays smooth. And like I said, I'm, every day I'm trying to just get my knee stronger and feeling good for the season. So. I think it's obvious from Simmons' comments right there that he's not comfortable playing with a knee brace since he's so adamant on playing without it. And hopefully the knee stands up and he's able to to play without it and be comfortable and be the best version of himself. Next, he talks about different things that, that he's doing to improve in the offseason and what he's seeing on tape. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot to play into it, especially coming off a of knee injury, you know, um, just to, you know, to, extension that you, you know, I was lacking, um, you know, just little things like that, you know, I'm still working on that, strengthening my quad and stuff like that. I mean, all that plays a part into, especially the ACL. And like I said, it's, um, you know, I just look at the film, the film, I'm still watching film, you know, especially doing the meets right now, you know, just stuff I see, you know, bending in my hips, um, you know, butt back, shooting my hands, you know, being explosive, you know, using my strength to advantage, actually. So, I mean, just small things that I can see that, you know, that can help me be a better player this coming up season for the team. So, You got to love to hear that Simmons is the type of guy that's spending a lot of time uh, evaluating himself on tape. Self-scouting is often as important as scouting the opponent, so it's good to hear that he's had his head in the film room and, and making sure that he's critiquing himself and trying to get better. Next, he talks about, you know, and obviously these things go hand in hand, talks about moving into the three technique role that Jarrell Casey had last year, and his answer, I think, is a very, very good answer for the question that was asked. I mean, the, the way we um, coach um, T and the way, the way we ran our defense this past year, you know, I played three technique. I played the four. I played the five. I played everything. Um, I wouldn't say I played everything, but like I said, um, I'm, you know, it's, it's football. Playing defensive line, you got to be able to play multiple positions. And that's, I think that's the great thing that we did this past year, you know, um, that, you know, we wasn't just stuck on playing this and that, you know, with, we was able to, you know, especially because, you know, you never know what a team may do um, during the game. So, I mean, of course, I, I'm, I'm familiar with every position on the field. And like I said, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not comfortable playing in a position on a defensive line, you know. But like I said, I'm I'm ready. Um, I, I play three technique. I play whatever, you know, whatever Jarrell play. I mean, we not comparing a, a, us to each other or not anything. But like I said, it just – you know, playing defensive line, you got to be able to play everything across the line of scrimmage. So um, I'm ready. Um, you know, this. Um, hopefully, we get ready when it's time for report for camp. You know, all the practice. Um, you know, it'll show me where I'm at. So. 
I really love that answer there from Simmons, and that's exactly what what I want to hear. He wants to be versatile, play all across the defensive line, 4-I, 3-Tech, 5. He could probably even go to a a 0-Shade or a 1-I. You know, all those different positions along the defensive line, it all depends on how they want to align against the offense's front week to week. So if Jeffrey Simmons could only play 3-Technique or only play nose-tackle-Shade, as as I would call it, then he wouldn't be as as valuable to the Titans. The Titans need to, like the New England Patriots got famous doing, I hate to make the comparisons with the Titans and the Patriots that always happen anyway, but Mike Vrabel has talked about front multiplicity. I mean, that's, that's what the Titans are looking for, guys that can show multiple fronts, do multiple things. They can come out in a four-man front. They can come out in a 50 front. I mean, the, the Titans want to be able to do whatever they need to be able to do schematically from week to week to defeat their opponent and not be locked in or uh, pigeonholed into one individual scheme with guys that can only play certain roles within that scheme. They want to have guys that can play any type of role necessary, and obviously Jeffrey Simmons is focused on that and understands that that is the goal as well. Next, he talks about how coach Terrell Williams has been able to help him out, especially in the film room. And it's, it's nice to hear nothing but good things about the Titans defensive line coach, Terrell Williams. I mean, just a lot, a lot of things, you know, it's, it's a lot of study into this game, uh, especially on this level, you know, you got a lot of smart guys and I feel like, you know, um, with me wanting to get better, you know, especially going into the season, and when I started playing, I have to, you know, I wanted to watch more film. And, you know, I, I know I think Coach T did a great job. Of, you know, whenever I needed him, he always broke it down to me. You know, when I wanted to watch extra film, you know, he was like, come on in and stuff like that. You know, it's just the small thing that can make you a good player. You know, I think Coach T did a great job at breaking it down and just explaining it to me. And I said, coming in as a rookie, you know, not knowing much, you know, especially how smart what the guy was up front, you know, just him showing me. You know, this this what they do good. This how you can beat this guy. And I think Coach did a great job doing that. So the relationship between a player and a coach is so important for the player's development. It's nice to hear that that relationship between Williams and Simmons is strong. Finally, we are going to hear Jeffrey Simmons talk about just how he is getting better with this unusual off season. I mean. You know, as as I say, I mean, we, you watch film, you know what you do, you know what, you know what you're good at, and you know what's not you. And, you know, of course, film, do that. I mean, of course, we got our iPad. You know, you can watch games, watch old games. That's an advantage right there. But at the same time, you know, you can work. I work drills. I work out every day. You know, um, I work hands, work pass, work smooth, stuff like that. I mean, you know, you can't be handicapped. I mean, like just because, like I said, I'm still working out and doing the things I need to do to sharpen my game up. So I mean, not just you. I don't feel like we got to be actually, you know, going against another man, offensive lineman. You know, you can have a defensive line. And I got, I got to have this past weekend. You know, I worked out with a defensive lineman guy, and um, you know, we just worked pass rush moves and you know, worked a lot of hands and stuff. So stuff like that that I'm doing, you know. Just to, you know, like I said, sharpen my tools up. The last thing I want to talk about before we move on to hearing from A.J. Brown is just how much more comfortable Simmons 
sounds and seems when talking to the media. Obviously, not every guy that comes into the NFL feels super comfortable giving a bunch of interviews, but just the way Jeffrey Simmons talks now, how fluid he is with his answers to questions, you can just tell he's really settling in and allowing himself to be himself uh, in these situations. Anytime you're a rookie, it's something new to you. He's coming off the injury. A lot of questions about you know his background and, and the incident that he had pre when he was in high school and all that. So maybe it was just his comfortability there. But for some reason, maybe it's just me. Uh, I really, really enjoy watching guys get more comfortable and kind of grow into who they are and feel confident with their answers. Something that I saw happen with with Kevin Byard. We're seeing it happen with Derrick Henry as as well. And the leadership role that he's taken within the team kind of mirrors his comfortability um, talking. Uh, I guess, to everyone and expressing himself. So I just really love to see that. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you guys don't agree. I don't know. But I can tell that Simmons is getting more comfortable in his own skin, more comfortable with uh, with where he's at in his situation. And I'm really excited to see him grow into a leader like we saw with Derrick Henry as well. So that is going to wrap up the Jeffrey Simmons portion of this Sounds of the Titans. We are going to come back and hear from Titans star wide receiver. Say it again. Titans star wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Let's cap off this Friday episode hearing from Titans wide receiver, A.J. Brown. Of course, audio courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, but they asked A.J. Brown with the recent news about Ryan Tannehill and Jonu Smith getting work in together down in South Florida. They asked A.J., is he able to work out with any of his teammates? Uh, most definitely wish I could. That was the plan, is to come out there on the weekends, but, you know, uh, due to the coronavirus, kind of slowed everything down, but uh, I'm at home. I'm in Nashville. Uh, I have a trainer right here. Uh, I work out at the facility. I work with my trainer. So, uh, and, I, and I throw with Logan too. So, no, I'm not missing too much. You know, I'm definitely putting in the work. You know, uh, as soon as we can get back together, I know we'll get back where we, where we left off. Notice he said that he's been putting work in with Logan, and that, of course, is Logan Woodside, Titans backup quarterback, and A.J. Brown, in his history with the Titans, has shown quite an attachment to his quarterbacks, and that attachment comes very, very quickly, it seems. But uh, AJ has shown his support for Logan Woodside on Twitter here in the past few days as well, so it appears that there is a bond there, and hopefully that can help Logan Woodside progress and maybe be the backup quarterback that the Titans actually need. But next they asked AJ what, what he is trying to improve on and how he can make those improvements. Um, everything, to be honest, you know, uh, it's not just, uh, the things I do well, I want to improve on those too. You know, on the things that I'm struggling with, you know, um, I'm trying to be a a complete well-rounded football player, you know, uh, so everything that goes back into like the details of every little thing I do, you know, uh, the details are going to get me open regardless of, I may not be going against anybody, but as soon as I am, uh, the details are going to show up and that's, that's what's going to pay off for me. So. It is, in fact, all in the details. So nice to hear that he's focusing in on all the little nuances that go along with playing wide receiver. But what specific techniques is he working on? Uh, most definitely. You know, uh, very studies the game. He studies all of us. You know, you know what, what we do well and what we don't really do well. So uh, um, just an opportunity for 
for him just to evaluate my game, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm going to take anybody's advice, you know, uh, what, what he know. And I, and I know I need to work on uh, things that are, to get better. So uh, that goes into the details, even if I'm not even going against anybody. Those little details and with my steps at the top of a route are uh, going to get me open on uh, this, this upcoming season. So uh, he's right on. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of more things I need to work on, too. With AJ going into his second year and being the productive player that he was, it would make sense that he would take an increased leadership role. What are his thoughts on that? Uh, most definitely. Uh, I think I'm a natural-born leader. Um, as a rookie, I, I didn't really come in and say too much. You know, I just had to come in and show everyone that I'm a hard worker myself. You know, I'm going to hold myself accountable. You know, and um, now that I have some of my teammates respect, I can start holding other people, other people accountable too. So uh, I'm looking forward to this, uh, this upcoming season. Um, big leadership role for me, you know, uh, bringing in like the younger guys, bringing up the younger, bringing up the rookies and everything. So yeah, uh, I'm really excited for that. AJ also talked about his rookie of the year snub. And quite frankly, the rookie of the year should have been AJ Brown or Josh Jacobs from the Raiders somehow, some way because of the quarterback bias in the NFL and in the media, Kyler Murray happened to win that award. And AJ Brown kind of talks about his thoughts on that snub. Um, all the offensive rookie of the year stuff is, is really behind me. You know, uh, I didn't win. Uh, congratulations to Kyler, but I didn't win. So I'm moving on with it. You know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on him, you know. Uh, so uh, definitely made me hungrier, you know, to achieve, achieve bigger goals, you know. So uh, that's, what, that's what I'm going to do. Finally, AJ talks about if he's actually catching passes throughout this offseason. He talks a lot about his workouts. He does a lot of running hills, a lot of outside workouts. It's something he he talked about during the conference call. So asked whether or not he's spending some of his workout time actually catching passes and things like that. So he discusses that and then also talks about how his production really dipped in the playoffs and, and what could have been the reason for that and how he gets better. Uh, I may not be catching balls from uh, Ryan, but I'm definitely catching balls, catching a lot of footballs. Catch the tennis ball machine off the tennis ball machine every morning. Uh, this is this is constantly. I'm making sure I'm catching over a thousand balls a day. Uh, we're meeting up two times out of a week, maybe three. Uh, to be honest, uh, it was definitely things that happened in the, in those playoff games that I could have did better. But uh, to be honest, man, that's just a credit to Derek Henry. You know, uh, uh, he was locked in. He was in the zone, and uh, we kept feeding him the ball, and it was working. So. Uh, um, like I said, that goes back into what he what he was doing, you know, most definitely. But uh, things I could have did better in certain situations, you know. So yeah, oh uh, yes, yeah, most definitely. Uh, late in the season, bodies getting fatigued, you know. Uh, just trying to keep my mind into it, you know. It was it was a lot going on. Long year for me, you know. I only we were used to playing twelve games, and I was deep in the playoff, one game from the Super Bowl. So. Uh, Definitely a long year. We're just trying to get my get me, my body, uh, mentally and physically prepared for for a long upcoming season. Thinking about it, it's it's probably a great thing that in AJ's and Jeff's first season in the NFL, they went so deep in the playoffs. So now they really understand what you this team wants to go to the Super Bowl. This team wants to win a championship. So all of the players on the team need to understand truly what it takes 
to get there. And that includes how you prepare your body, how you maintain your body throughout the season. So having this sort of experience so early on should help out those two players tremendously. But very excited to see what they do in their sophomore seasons. Could be John Robinson's best class to date. And speaking of draft classes... Next week, we are going to start grading John Robinson's draft classes from his first four drafts as the Tennessee Titans general manager. It's crazy that it's been this long that J-Rob has been at the helm of the Titans football operation, the football ship, but it, it has been five drafts now. So typically they say it takes about three or four years to truly evaluate a draft class. So with that in mind, we are going to jump into the 2016 class on Monday's show and do the next four classes after that in the next four sh- or next three shows of the the week, so make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, so you're getting all of those episodes. Really excited to break down all those draft classes now that we have a little bit of time away from them, can properly evaluate them for what they really added to this team. So I'm really excited for that. You guys should be too. Like I said, subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform that you do stream now that you are done with this episode of the Locked On Titans podcast. You should tell your smart device to play the Locked On NFL podcast, the national show. A lot of good national news still out there and you want to make sure that you're keeping up on, of course, your Titans information, but also know what's going on around the entire NFL. So check that out after this. But another week of shows in the books. Of course, we bumped our Friday mailbag to next week to allow some more questions to build up. Have a big mailbag segment for you guys. Make sure you're sending your questions to me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well. But I hope you guys have a safe an enjoyable weekend. Hopefully here shortly we'll start getting some more news on when these guys can actually get back out onto the field and I will be right here with you to break all that down. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.